All right. Well, today we're uh, we're in the second part of our new series called All In, and uh, today we're going to talk about I'm invaluable. You and I, we are totally invaluable. Uh, God says that we are His children. Uh, we literally are the apple of His eye. Uh, I'm going to make reference probably a couple, three times today, to where Jesus talks about. Uh, how he will leave the 99 to go chase the one sheep who's who's gone astray and uh, that's how much he loves you and me that's how much he feels about you and me that he would leave the 99 to go chase the one and so i'll probably reference that uh, several times today but uh, i want you to look at uh, the slide here invaluable what it means is you are uniquely valuable to god everybody has a purpose have a, has a place Nobody can take your place. God has put you on this earth for such a time as this. God has put you here to fulfill a certain role, to do certain things, and uh, nobody else can fill that role except you. You are priceless, you are indispensable, and you are irreplaceable. And here's another great thing that every Christian needs to realize. You are called, you are chosen, and you are capable you are invaluable, all right? And quite honestly, unfortunately, this is the exact opposite of what most of us feel. Uh, most of us feel that I'm not good enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not important enough, I don't really matter, um, nobody, everybody would, be everybody would probably be better off if I wasn't here, my past is too bad, I feel completely and totally unworthy, um, I don't know enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I can't speak well. And many people think, well, if I can't get up in front of people and speak, then God can't use me. Well, that's craziness. Uh, you know, God only calls a few to be preachers, but guess what? It takes uh, many, many people uh, to make the church happen and to make the body of Christ happen. And God has not called everybody to do the same things. Uh, many people think, well, if I can't do the things, the stage things and speak or sing, then uh, I'm of no use to God and nothing could be further from the truth. If you've ever been a part of a, a play or a musical, you understand that uh, there might be five or six people on the stage at one time, but for those five or six people on the stage, there has to be 15, 20, 30 people behind the stage and out in front uh, to make that entire musical or play happen. And it's the same way with the, in the house of God. Uh, there are uh, many more roles that are outside of the spotlight, but all of those things have to be done. There has to be people to serve. There has to be people to clean up. There has to be people uh, that can fix things when they break. There has to be people who can do all of these things. And so uh, people to cook food and uh, minister to others. And uh, some people have the gift of encouragement and uh, just uh, empathy for people. And so I want to encourage you, whatever God has gifted you with, uh, figure out what it is, and then just be be about that. Get get to doing it, all right? It's kind of like what Nike said, just do it. There's no excuses. Uh, you only get one life, and time is short. So figure out what God put you here for. Figure out what he wired you with, and, uh, and get to it, all right? Um, so the biggest lie that many believe in the church, and this is unfortunately people in the church, uh, so this is how a lot of Christians feel. So you can imagine how a lot of people outside the church feel, but the biggest lie that many people believe in church is, you know, if I weren't here, if I weren't in the church, it wouldn't matter. That's why many, a lot of people don't get involved. They just kind of have the whole attitude, well, you know, 
it, it, I don't offer anything, and if I weren't here, it wouldn't make any difference. It wouldn't matter. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie. That's the devil lying to you. The devil has something for every single one of us to do, all right? So uh, we need to figure out what that is, and we need to be about the Lord's business, all right? So let's look at our first scripture. Uh, most of this is going to be out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, the Apostle Paul kind of compared it. He compares the, the body of Christ to a literal body, a human body, all right? So uh, let's look at 12.12. It says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So he compares the body of Christ to a human body, all right? Now, I'm going to use uh, another example, all right? Um, animals in the animal kingdom, uh, an individual animal has one name. So I'm going to give you um, a one name of one animal, and then we'll see what is a group of that called. So uh, a group of one animal is an elephant, uh, but a group of elements is called a herd of elephants, all right? If you have a lion, uh, then uh, by himself he is a lion, but a group of lions is called a pride. So the point of that is, is that individually each animal has, has one name, but when they're all together, they literally have a new identity. They have a totally different name when they're together as a group. Uh, and in the church, it's no different. Uh, what do we call one person, a single person, surrendered to Christ that gives their life to Jesus Christ? We call them a Christian or a follower of Christ. But when you put all of these Christians together, we are his body. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. So we literally get a new uh, identity, all right? And uh, so we are the hands of Jesus every time we serve someone else. We are the feet of Jesus every time we go and we, uh, we minister to someone outside these walls. Anytime we go on a mission trip to another country. Anytime we, uh, we go outside of this building and outside of this property uh, to minister. Uh, we are the feet of Jesus. We are the mouth of Jesus. Every time we open up our mouth and we share the gospel and we share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are the heart of Jesus every time we love somebody. Uh, for the greatest of these is love. We need to love other people, all right? We talked last week about um, the woman and uh, uh, the woman that came and she uh, anointed Jesus' feet with uh, alabaster uh, perfume and she washed his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair and uh, we uh, found out that she was the town prostitute and nobody wanted her there. Everybody said, you're not welcome here, you're not worthy here. Uh, but we saw that the Lord used her. He didn't care what her past was. He didn't care what she'd done. Uh, she was pouring out her heart to the Lord, and she changed her, her life uh, when she gave her life to Jesus. All right? So let's look at another set of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. For it says this, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand... I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? No, of course not. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, then I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? No, of course not. And if the whole body were an eye, then where would the hearing? Where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, then where would be the smelling? All right? So what Paul, the point Paul's trying to make here is that it takes every part of the body, 
And here's the problem that I find with most people. And I think this is just human nature. Because you look at men and women, if they're, uh, you know, let's, let's not pick it on women, but let's, uh, let's take that. You know, if a woman has curly hair, she wants straight hair, and she'll do everything to straighten her hair. Uh, if a woman has straight hair, she wants curly hair, and she will put all kinds of product in her hair to make her, care, her hair curl. Basically, the premise is that human nature is we always want what we don't have, and we always want to be what we're not. Uh, if we have one talent, that's not good enough. We say, well, Lord, I don't want this talent. I'd rather have that person's talent. Listen, it's a gift from God. You don't get to choose it. But the fact of the matter is, it takes all of us. The whole body couldn't be a bunch of eyeballs. Number one, that would look weird. But then you couldn't hear anything. You couldn't smell anything. You couldn't taste anything. Uh, same thing if the whole body were an ear. You could hear very good, but you couldn't see. You couldn't smell. You couldn't taste. It takes every part of the body saying, you know what? This is my job. Doesn't matter whether I want to be like, maybe the ear says, who I, I wish I was an eye. The eye is so, uh, it's right out front. It's there on the face. Everybody sees it. Uh, the ear says, I sure wish I was an eye. But guess what? The ear has to operate as the ear. All right? And it's the same with all the body of Christ. Uh, quit trying to have the gifts and talents you don't have. Quit wishing for what somebody else had. Quit wishing that you could have this gift or this gift or you could have be this part of the body or this part of the body. Uh, find out how God made you, how God wired you, accept that, be glad for that, and then operate out of those gifts, all right? If everybody in the church would just say, Lord, show me what I'm wired for. You made me, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made, so you show me what I was made for, and you show me what I'm wired for. It, it's not real difficult. Uh, just look at your natural tendencies. What are the things that you really enjoy? What are the things that you're just naturally good at? What are the things that you just naturally gravitate towards? And uh, you can pretty much see this is what the Lord has wired you for, okay? So uh, we need to understand that. Just get to looking. Open up your eyes a little bit. And then once you figure out what, how God has gifted you and what he's wired you to want to do, then find a way to use that to serve the Lord, all right? It's, uh, again, it's not rocket science. It's just a matter of just realizing of what God has gifted us with and then saying, you know what? I'm going to find a way to use that in, in the body of Christ, okay? All right, so uh, every part of the body matters. Let's look at some more verses in 1 Corinthians 12, look at uh, verses 22 and 23. It says this, No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on these we bestow great greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty now what is Paul saying here he's saying that every single part of your body serves a function even parts that we don't necessarily want to think about or uh, rarely do we ever give them any credit uh, let's take Let's take a couple of things, all right, or three things, all right? Number one, your pinky on your hand and your pinky toe. Did you know that if you were to lose your pinky on your hand, you would just immediately lose 50% of the grip in your hand just by losing your pinky? 50% of the grip in your hand comes from that pinky that's on that hand. Same thing for your pinky toe. If you were to uh, get out and mow the yard or your flip-flops, which I would not recommend, don't do that, uh, and cut your pinky toe off, guess what you've just lost? You've lost most of the balance on that side of your body, okay? So your pinky uh, finger and your pinky toe, 
They serve a huge purpose. Not a lot of glamour in being the pinky finger, the pinky toe, uh, but there's it's very, uh, very much needed. And maybe you feel like, you know, what you do in the church is not needed. Listen, every single part of it. Can I tell you as your preacher, uh, man, as when somebody comes and uh, does something and serves and uh, serves food or cleans up or uh, is a handyman and fixes something, these are the things and, and takes some of the load off. Listen, I don't know. It's, it's not the most glamorous thing in the world. Guess what? Somebody has to come up here to this building and clean these toilets. That is certainly not the most glamorous thing, but I am so thankful that somebody comes up and does that. Every part of it has to be done, all right? Um, okay, let's get off of the pinky. Let's talk about your uvula. Anybody know what that thing is? That, ah, that little hang, hangy down thing in the back of your throat back there? We've all, we all have it. We probably have all spent our life wondering what the heck do we have that thing back there for? Here is an interesting fact. Over your lifetime, it's called, the technical term is your uvula. Your uvula will secrete enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. Now, I know that's pretty gross, but uh, when your mouth is dry, when you uh, need the saliva, that's it's what we need to keep everything functioning and be able to, to be able to swallow. And for our mouth and eating and drinking, for all of that to function properly, the uvula has to do its job. Not very glamorous, but it has to be done, all right? And then lastly, I say the best one for last, armpit hair. Now, nobody wants to think about your armpit hair. This is mainly for the guys. But guys, do you know what the armpit hair does? Guys, I'm not trying to be rude here, but uh, a natural part of us is we're smelly, all right? And we sweat a lot, and uh, we can get natural B.O. But your armpit hair uh, serves a purpose. The armpit hair is there to diffuse your natural smell, the bad smell, and it is to, uh, to soften it so that you're not totally offensive. And so when you're trying to attract a mate or attract somebody of the opposite sex, you don't just totally run them off because you smell so bad. So even your armpit hair serves a purpose. Now, nobody wants to be the armpit hair, but guess what? You're glad it's there when you need it, all right? Uh, sometimes what you do is not real visible. Maybe what you do at the church is not real visible. Uh, listen, I, I get to be the preacher, and believe me, uh, I don't know why God called me to this. Uh, you know, it's just kind of the way God wired me. But certainly not everybody is called to this. I get the, I get the, uh, the privilege of getting up on the stage. Uh, our musicians who are talented with music, they get to get up on the stage. But not everybody has uh, a job that, that's, that is that visible. But guess what? Uh, just because what you do is not visible uh, does not mean that it's not important. We need all of it to happen, all right? Uh, for this body of Christ, uh, as known as Landmark Baptist Church, to function properly, everybody has to do their job. And very few of those jobs are on stage. Very few of those jobs are in the spotlight. So thank you for, for anybody who's ever cleaned up here, who's ever cooked food, who's ever served food, for anybody who's ever mopped the floor, swept the floor, cleaned the toilets, for anybody who's ever gr greeted at the door, uh, all of our parking lot guys that have been doing the drive-in service, uh, that all is very important. Our ushers, uh, every part of what you do, it may not seem like it's real important, but it is extremely important, all right? I wanted to share a little personal story just because this happened this week. Um, there was a young man in Chapel Hill area 
that many of you knew, and his name was Christian Gilstrap, and he was killed this past week. And uh, our youth pastor, Brother Martin Ibarra, um, had uh, ministered to Christian. Uh, and here's the awesome story. Uh, it's, it's very sad. Christian um, was killed uh, this last week. We had his funeral. Brother Martin preached it. Uh, I sang a little bit. And uh, our youth uh, went and served the family. Uh, thank you, youth, for, uh, for really stepping up and serving that family, being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Uh, but here's the great thing, uh, and I'm not even sure who, in, who invited him, but uh, the thing that Martin could share with the family was, was that somebody uh, had invited Christian several years ago uh, when he was in eighth or ninth grade, and they invited uh, Christian to start coming on Wednesday nights to the youth service here. And uh, Christian began to come on Wednesday nights. And uh, we know that Christian's in heaven uh, because uh, a few years ago, uh, Brother Martin was able to lead Christian to the Lord and introduce him to Jesus Christ. And, uh, and Christian asked Jesus Christ into his heart to be his Lord and his Savior. Isn't that awesome? Now, whoever invited him, and then when he got here, whoever made him feel comfortable and at home and Brother Martin by sharing the gospel, uh, everybody that was involved with Christian coming now gets to say uh, Christian's in heaven today. And uh, uh, it's because we served in the way we, we should and it's because we invited and it's because we tried to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And that's an awesome, awesome story of how God can use us. Uh, when you invite that person to church, Listen, you might be completely changing their life. You just never know. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that uh, later on, all right? Look at this slide. Every one of us needs to realize this is for every Christian. You are called. Everybody uh, that knows the Lord, you are called. God has a purpose for you on this earth. He has put you here for such a time as this. Everyone that's a Christian, you are chosen, all right? And everyone that's a Christian, you are capable. God will provide whatever you need, and you are capable of it. And you might say, many people always want to start with the excuses, but what about my past? Well, I'm here to tell you the Lord doesn't care about your past. In fact, I will tell you this. Your past not only doesn't disqualify you, your past will probably prepare you for your greatest ministry opportunity, all right? Now, you may say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you may say in your past that my marriage failed. Well, guess what? There's, a, there's somebody probably that needs to hear from you. That's, uh, their, their marriage is failing. They're going through a divorce. And you are the perfect person to help that person heal and get through that divorce. Uh, so you may say, well, you know, I, I was addicted to drugs. Well, guess what? Uh, somebody needs to hear your story. Your story will inspire someone who's trying to come out of that addiction. And so you need to share that story. Your past not only doesn't disqualify you, it's preparing you to help somebody else. It is not about your ability. It's about your availability for God to use whatever's gone in your life. You may say, well, you know, I don't want to go around telling everybody, you know, all my, all my failures. Well, guess what? God ends up using your failures to be your greatest things. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be, uh, hey, God will use it. Uh, and you can give God the glory that he brought me out of it, all right? It's not about what your past is. It's about did God bring you out of it? Then if God brought you out of it, you don't need to be ashamed of it. You need to tell somebody, hey, God brought me out of it. He can bring you out of it too, amen? 
All right. Here's the, the cool thing to, uh, to recognize this. When you give an offering, no matter how much, your gift makes a difference. Every penny that comes in here on Sunday, it is used to minister to people. It is used to spread the gospel. It is used to keep this ministry going. Uh, when you pray a prayer, your faith can move the very heart of God. God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers. You may think, well, God, I prayed this one. God didn't answer it. I beg your pardon. God always answered your prayers. He's answered every prayer you ever had. You just don't always like the answer. Uh, because sometimes God will say no, or you don't need that, or not right now, or have patience, wait on it. I'll give it to you, but it's going to need to be at a later time. Uh, God always answers our prayer. It's just many times we don't like the answer. We always want to hear the word yes. But guess what? You don't always say yes to everything. God is certainly not always going to say yes to everything. Sometimes he, and he always knows what's best for you, so he knows when he needs to say no, and he knows when he needs to say not right now, all right? So understand that. Uh, God is always answering. And then the last thing is this, just like for Christian, when you invite someone to church, your invitation could change their very life and change their eternity, all right? And that's what happened with Christian. And I'm so glad uh, that somebody invited him. Somebody shared the gospel. Somebody made him feel welcome. Somebody ministered to him. And it was probably many somebodies. And uh, I'm so, so proud uh, of everyone involved in that. Um, so let's talk about the what if game. What if everybody in the church functioned as the body of Christ? Now, let me give you a comparison. Have you ever slept on your arm in such a way that you wake up in the middle of the night and your hand or your arm is asleep? This is what happens in the church many times, the body of Christ. Maybe you're a part of the body of Christ and maybe you're a part of the hand or a part of the arm, but you've fallen asleep. You know when you wake up in the middle of the night and that arm or that hand's asleep, until that arm or that hand wakes up, it's pretty useless, all right? And here's the thing, the same thing happens in the church. When you fall asleep and you're not awake, uh, your part of the body is not functioning, and guess what? It messes the entire body up. You know, until that, that arm or that hand wakes up, it'll mess you up. That foot goes to sleep, you better stay seated because the minute you try to stand up and walk on that foot that's asleep, it ain't going to happen, all right? So here's what happens in the church. Many people are asleep. And they're the body of Christ, and we need to function as the, the entire body, but one part of the body is asleep. And I'm here to tell you today, church, wake up. Wake up. All the parts of the body need to be awake, all right? So I, I just made a slide. What if? What if everybody was doing everything that God called them to do? What if every part of the body was functioning? Uh, this is pretty cool. What, look at this slide. What if every widow or elderly person could have all of their needs met because somebody at the church was there to meet those needs? What if anyone that felt rejected or alone could feel God's love through God's people? All that takes is really us just paying attention, getting our eyes off of ourselves, and paying more attention to people that are hurting around us. What if every foster child or orphan child could know the comfort of being a part of a family? That somebody would step up and say, uh, I, will, I will foster this child or we will adopt this child. What if every pregnant girl that was uh, pregnant out of wedlock uh, who was scared and didn't know how they were going to raise this baby 
could find a church and a family, uh, a family of God, a family of God that would support her, and that would take care of all the needs of that child and help her raise that child uh, to be a, a child of God. Wouldn't that be awesome? What if every person that was trapped in addiction could find freedom in Jesus Christ? Man. And here's the last one. What if every lost person in our community could hear the love of Jesus? You know, all that really takes is us just getting bold enough to just open our mouth. We're all prepared. If you're saved, you're prepared. You may say, well, I don't know the Bible, Brother Mark. I couldn't share the gospel with anyone. Listen, if you're saved, you've got all you need. Just tell somebody what happened to you and say what happened to me can happen to you. You've got a story. All you got to do is share that story, and it's as simple as that. Be bold enough to open your mouth. And if you still can't do it, then just say, hey, I want to invite you. Come down to my church, and uh, we got a preacher, and he will, he will share the gospel with you, and I'll do my best to do that. If you bring them in here, I'll make sure they're sitting here and they hear the gospel, all right? So, all right, uh, what if, man, and this needs to be our goal, church. What if we all function in the way we we're supposed to? All of these things would happen. Let me give you the last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 says this, because we all affect each other. It says this, and if one member suffers, then all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, then all of the members rejoice with it. Listen, if you're, as a church body, as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're hurting, then I have empathy for you and I hurt with you. Uh, if you've had a victory in your life, then I need to celebrate and we need to have a party and we need to rejoice with you because that's what family does, all right? And so this is part of being the body of Christ. Uh, if we were all to begin to function as the body of Christ and everybody stepped up and everybody did their part, uh, what an amazing thing. People would come to know Jesus. Our communities would be turned upside down for God and lives would be changed forever and for all eternity. Uh, man, I want to give you this message today. Look at the last slide. You are invaluable to God's work. You matter. I matter. Everybody matters. God needs you. Don't you ever think the devil's going to try to lie to you and tell you you're not worthy and that God couldn't possibly use you. And I tell you today, that's a lie straight from the devil. Do not believe it. You are a child of the king, and he has a place and a purpose for you. What an awesome thing it is. Your life will change the day that you discover your purpose, and you all of a sudden say, you know what? I got a purpose, and every day that I get up, I know what my purpose is. God has shown it to me. It will change your life. Once you get your eyes off of yourself and you begin to just have purpose to serve other people and to serve the Lord, it'll change your life forever, and it'll change other people's lives. Well, God bless you. Hey, if you don't know where you were to go, if you were to die right now, uh, I want to just lead you in a prayer. Uh, many people today, uh, I ask them that question. I say, if you were to die right now, do you know where you'd spend eternity? If you don't know the answer to that for sure, then you need to uh, pray this prayer because it is not about you. It is about Jesus Christ. And so I always want to give you the opportunity. Uh, if you couldn't answer that with a definite, yes, I'd go to heaven, or if, even if you said, I don't know, I'm not sure, listen, you need to be sure because it's not based on you or being good enough 
or whether you sin or not, it's based on believing that Jesus died on the cross for you. So pray this prayer with me, if you would, if that's you today and you're not sure where you go. Uh, just pray this in your heart. Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I believe, Jesus, that you died on that cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And right now, I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins and save me from myself. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you let me know? Just use the message on this Facebook page. Message me or my cell phone is 903-399-3284. You can call me or text me. I would love to send you some material on growing in your relationship with the Lord. God bless you. I hope to see you Sunday. And if not, I'll see you on video next week.